<laughs> it's playtime! Hey kids, it's me, Quacker Jack. I'm uh, I hate to support that demented duck and say that you're listening to Saint Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. But it's better than playing Whittle Boy. Besides, Mr. Banana Brain says it's really a great show, Joe. <laughs> Boy, do we have a treat for y'all today. We got an episode we're going to review today that no one's ever seen. You might have heard of it. It's seen the title card. It's called The Triumphant Triumph of Darkwing Duck. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and... I'm Mike Russo, and Will Santana thought he was safe. But <laughs> he was wrong! <laughs> How's it going, Mike, man? Great, great. This is a big one. This is oh, a big man. one. This is my baby. This is my favorite of 91 episodes. But, uh, Mike, uh, we can't really pre-talk because we got a special treat for them today, man. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. What's our treat today, Will? Oh, man, we got an interview with Dev Ross, a behind-the-scenes or behind-the-script, as we should say, interview of this episode. You want to go ahead and jump into it? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. All right. All right, so I'm here with writer Dev Ross, and we about to discuss, get a little bit behind the scenes of my favorite episode of Darkwing Duck, The Haunting of Mr. Banana Brain. Hey, Dev, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, this is my baby. Um, I'm super duper excited. Uh, I'm <laughs> If I could, I'd be doing backflips right now, cartwheels and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um can you just give us a little bit of information about the Honey Mr. Banana Brain, like going from Quacker Jack to the Jack in the Box and bringing out this spooky guy who a lot of people reference from the It movie? Uh-huh. Uh, you want insight? Insight, please. Well, <laughs> this is my you baby. know, I think, I think it has more to do with the Jack in the Box. Mm -hmm. And... um. I always thought that Jack in the Boxes were creepy. Dun, 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 dun. You know, they were just really creepy. Mm -hmm. And um, with horror movies gaining popularity at that time, I mean, they're, now they're just ridiculous. People love horror movies. And usually the, wor the, the worse the horror movie, you know, the cheesier it is, the more they like it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's now, though. But back, but that, back then... I was just always fascinated with with ch a lot of times children's toys and how creepy they could be. And I just thought the Jack in the Box was really creepy. And so to make it a haunted Jack in the Box and then being pulled inside the world of the Jack in the Box, that just all really intrigued me. Now you mix that with the Rashomond, mm -hmm. you know, two people telling their version of the story just it just made it much more interesting because you know scary jack in the box one thing going inside okay you know i could see it but when you have two people telling their version of the story then it becomes it becomes more interesting we're in the story we're out of the story so that's why i like the episode so much it was just so much fun to write 
because we were writing it from so many different points of view. The mm -hmm. framing device and the narration is a big reason that episode works so well. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, is that one of the things that I learned while at Disney is that every villain is mm -hmm. the hero of their own story. Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, I, I can see and that. You, and when you look at those villains, they really play it. They're 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 evil, but they're really playing it from their point of view of of really needing to get what they need to get, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, there's a really great line of Quacker Jacks in that episode, mm -hmm. and I you know he says um. You know Darkwing Duck always wins. It isn't a big deal. It's just part of the game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, that the villains having their own narrative where they're the hero, that, right. really, that really applies to Quacker Jack because he always thinks he's doing a good job and he's everyone's hero because he's trying to sell toys and stuff. That right. definitely fits him. Right, right. So that was one of the principles that I used in writing it was that each of these bad guys in this, you know, the go the 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 paddywhack character needs to feed he needs to eat you know mm -hmm. he needs he needs what he needs and just like is it a bad thing that i need food is it a bad <laughs> thing? you know it's just it's just a point of view right mm -hmm. and so all of these characters have a re what i liked about the episode so much what i like about the episode is that each one of these the villains and our heroes have a really strong point of view, except for L uh, LP Launchpad's just kind of going, well, you know, well, mm -hmm. whose version is it? You know, <laughs> you know, he's just going, he's just the audience. He's going along for the ride. Where each of these other, literally four characters, are telling what happened according to them. Yeah, no. Launchpad's kind of the audience surrogate. He's scared. Yeah, exactly. He's well said. He's the audience surrogate, just experiencing this while they each tell their point of view of the story. So it very becomes, so it starts off with a Rashomon with just uh, Darkwing and um, his daughter. Goslin. Goslin, thank you. You know, uh, it's just, you know, their point of view and then it becomes the, vil the villain's point of view as well. And they're just trying to get what they need, and they're the heroes of their own story. So their their perspective. I would have loved to have told it from each one of those the villains' characters' point of view. And then it would have mm -hmm. really been interesting. Um, but we you know you can only do so much in 22 minutes. So that's why I like this episode so much. Is it just really got to play with all those things. They're very sophisticated, mm -hmm. and yet, you know, kind of worked. Yeah. I guess. Now, when you I were writing this episode. Did you feel like we have something here, like this is going to be one of the top dogs? Because when I talk to, amongst other fans, this is either number one for them or it's easily in their top five. Like this is easily top five. This is a tier one episode. Everyone brings up this episode. Now, it's not Mike's favorite episode. And I think the majority goes toward where Mike's favorite episode is. But the, the other, I think this is it. If it ain't oh, just I still good. love it. I still yeah. love it. Let me be clear. I still think this is but, a fantastic episode. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I don't know. When you're writing it, I think the thing is, is that every episode I ever wrote was the best episode. You know, you just, you have to fall in love with mm -hmm. it. I, I worried about this one. 
because Rashomon's are, you know, they're, they're not, everybody understands it. Um, they're tricky, but at this point in the show, I just thought, you, you know, you got to risk it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was really fun. It's, and it was really fun to go back to the narrative. Now, did I think it was going to be a great show or not? I don't know. I think I was just really trying to offer myself a challenge and the fans something different. Mm-hmm. And having Phil Hartman on that one doesn't hurt either. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the voice actors had such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Now I got one last question, Dev, because uh, I, I don't want to hold you too long. Um, what what made you go from like Quacker Jack to Banana and then Paddywhack? Like you really emphasize these three villains, and like at some point, all three kind of take over the episode. What made me emphasize that? Yeah. Well, I think a little bit of what I said before is um, villains have their point of view. Mm-hmm. They have their needs. They want to be heard. And I just thought it was a, a, a great opportunity to see their point of view and to, to, I don't know, did you kind of understand what they wanted so badly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that episode, uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil it because we're going to get into that part in the review. So, but. <sighs> It's just I, I just love it because it's like Cracker Jack is my favorite villain, and then you and then you hit next with his 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 lackey. You got Mr. Banana Brain, who a lot of people love as well, and he kind of steals the show for a few minutes, and then we get Paddywhack, where everybody just falls in love with Paddywhack. So it's like it hits stages. Like you got your favorite, and then you get the lackey, and then we get Paddywhack, a new character who just dominates and like. Most people don't even talk about Darkwing or or Goslin on this episode or even Launchpad. They're talking about the villains. This is like a villain takeover episode. Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes just private, sometimes Disney really had trouble with that. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, want to add one thing I think about is great about the episode is you guys did something in that one that no other Disney show did. You started without an opening title card for the for the episode title. Yeah. And you faked out the audience by having Darkwing come up with a different title. Yeah, and then Gosling come. No other Disney Afternoon show did that. Yeah, and it's like even watching it when I was younger, I'm like, that's cool. That's different. Well, and thank <laughs> you, and thank you for getting that because again, as much as you know, there was just some powers that be that Disney that would say, you know, you're getting away from the Disney way or you're getting away from our main characters, um, and you're getting too much into the ancillary characters, the bad guys. They're, they're, a lot of people would have said that the bad guys were the stars of this show. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they kind of were. But only you can only do that if you create really strong base characters. Your star characters can let other characters shine. And so um, this is something that Tad and I really agreed on, but other people didn't wouldn't feel that way and um yeah so we would get flack for that um but i think it was worth it because i think we can trust we could trust the fans enough to know we'll come back to darkwing we'll come back to launchpad we'll come Mm -hmm. back to goslin don't worry they will have their strong stories but let let somebody else shine for a while and let's expand this universe Mm -hmm. Now, Dev, uh, I don't know how familiar familiar you are with the new, the new DuckTales reboot, and this episode 
is so strong that everything that's on this episode pretty much carried over to the new DuckTales. Like the first opening scene where Quacker Jack comes back, he's it, the first thing you see is the Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. You, you see his hand turning it and then he Quacker Jack pops up. And then later on, there's an episode with Mrs. Beakley and Launchpad where they're watching the show Darkwing Duck. And we get to see Mr. Banana Brain and he gets possessed and we get to see a, like a, a quick shot of Paddywhack. So, oh, I didn't know that. I did. I, I was for a while watching the new episodes of. Uh, and, uh, and Mrs. Beakley's trying to make sense of the episode storyline. And and Lawrence, she's like, wait a minute. So Cracker Jack had Banana Brain, and then Paddywhack took over Banana Brain. Like, I don't get it. And Launchpad's like, stop, you're messing up the lore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's so crazy because Mike saw the shows when they first aired. He's in love with the new DuckTales. And I saw them like about a year later. And he kept telling me, wait till you get to, he named the name of the episode. What was the name of it again, Mike? Uh, Friendship Hates Magic. Yeah, he kept telling me, wait till you get that episode, Will. You're going to go crazy. When I first got on that episode, I was like, eh, there's nothing, no big deal about it. But when it got to that part, I paused the show and blew Mike's phone up like, oh, my God. They brought <laughs> Banana Brain and Paddywhack. Like, like, <laughs> Banana Brain was something that was cute with Quacker Jack. But your episode turned Banana Brain into his own character almost. Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't for this episode, I don't think people would love the whole banana brain gimmick as much. Just, yeah. it was just so brilliant the way you guys used him for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just because me personally, I give everything voices. I give inanimate objects, voices all the time. All my dogs have their own voices. My cat, everything talks, my bed, a chair, my desk, my computer, they all have voices. And because I just, I don't know, maybe I'm a little wacko. So it just <laughs> seemed, it just seemed obvious to me that, that the doll should, you know, he should have an opportunity to express himself. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Does that make that, sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. You know, um, but, you know, thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us about uh, the hunting of Mr. Banana Brain. This is my baby. Uh, this is my favorite episode. Like I can review this episode 20 times and man, it's th- I still discover things new about this episode. I just watch it so much and love it so much. And it, it was really cool to get your perspective. And it's funny that you mentioned the Jack in the box. Cause that's something I never talk about with this episode. So that's really cool. You know, to get that per- uh, from your perspective when you were writing this episode, but yes, uh, thank you, dad. Yeah. Thank well, you, you so have, much. The thing that you have to know about the writer is that it starts you know, with one drop of ink, you know, with one image. And for me, it was the Jack in the box and how creepy that is the turning of it. Um, and then the ideas sort of expand from there. Like when I say, you know, in the beginning, then the word in that episode, in the beginning, it was a Jack in the box. And I told Tad something with a Jack in the box. <laughs> Got to. And okay. then the ideas flow. All right, guys. Well, that's Dev Ross, and we, you know, we got lucky to get her here to talk about the haunting of Mr. Banana Brain. Uh, guys, tune in to more as me and Mike finish out this episode. All right, thanks, Dev, so much for that interview, man. Mike, uh, it was she a treat. She is amazing. She is amazing. Yeah, man. She really has some great episodes with Darkwing, but this one for me tops it all. Like, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, believe me, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Now, Mike, we have a lot to discuss on this episode. This is my baby. 
uh, we got a special voice actor on this one. This is one of Dev's best, uh, yes. in my opinion. Um, is this your top ten, though? Mm, no, come on, it, Mike. It, it really, <laughs> it, it it's it's one of those things where it depends on my mood. It might crack it, maybe. Oh, it's we're a gonna buy. It's a good buy. one. <laughs> Do you think this one's top ten for most people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, it's come up enough. Okay. It, okay. It's definitely one of the best. Okay, I, I'll get into details. Uh, you heard some of the things that Dev said, but uh, the, I'll, I'll explain some more toward toward the end. But man, we got a lot to get into. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our production air date order, man. Yep. Uh, the Haunting of Mr. Banana Brain, which I don't think we actually mentioned it by name yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it came up on the interview, but we haven't mentioned it uh, on our record yet. So, mm-hmm. Haunting of Mr. Banana Brain. Um, the air date was Wednesday, April 29th, 1992, and it was 69th by production number. And as we know, of course, uh, Dev Ross wrote this one. Mm-hmm. It was actually another of the dynamic duo. You know, of course, Dev wrote it, and our story editor was Tad. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, every time we see Dev, we're going to see Tad. It just They go together now, like peanut butter and jelly. That's how it is. <laughs> and the animation is Hanho Huang up again. Um, much, much better than Quack of Ages, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is their best one so far. Um, definitely, they do a really good job with this. A couple of Orange Hand Quacker Jacks sneak in there. Mm-hmm. If you know where to look, but it doesn't ruin the episode, it's very well done. It's they're definitely the best so far. Oh, yeah. Any particular moments of animation that stood out for you? Ah, uh, lots, man. The shadows, the... Oh, man, one of them I can't say is a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> the animation gets better as it goes on. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Um... <sighs> Before we start the plot, can we talk about the voice actor first? Yeah, and, yeah let's so do let, that. We got to honor handle that. him. Yeah, let's, let's handle, handle that. it. We have <laughs> to honor him because I would say this episode features one of the best Darkwing um, voice actors, guest actors of all time. Um, probably just as high up there as Tim Curry. Um, in this episode, we have the late, great Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. Phil Hartman, man, it hurts to talk about Phil Hartman. This guy was amazing. Um, he was on Saturday Night Live for over a decade. He was a frequent guest voice on The Simpsons mm-hmm. for most of the 90s. He voiced Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz. I loved him on The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, he he guest voiced on a lot of cartoons. Um, Dennis the Menace, DuckTales, Smurfs, Tailspin, Tom and Jerry Kids, Animaniacs, Red and Stimpy. Um, he was a really great man. He's one of those people who you never heard negative things about. Like, everybody loved him. He was so fantastic. He was so funny. Unfortunately, he married crazy, basically. Yeah. And that's, and, you know, let's not go into the grisly details, but, you know... He passed away in 1998. His wife took his life and her own. I'll never forget, I'll never forget the day I found that out. Uh, he was a really great comedian, and he is still missed. Mm-hmm. And he does a fantastic job with our guest villain in this episode. Uh, really fantastic. Yes, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved him in Jingle All the Way, man. Playing the villain, the next-door neighbor. Oh, he was awesome. Oh, yeah, we watched that right before yeah. Christmas. We were wrapping presents. Like, Christmas Eve, I think we watched it. Good if movie. You, mm-hmm. If you really hate a villain, they did their job. And you hate him in that movie. <laughs> he was good. 
He was oh, really yeah. good. He's yeah. definitely he's missed. Yeah, you know it's hard to say uh, uh, that he was just a guest on The Simpsons as Troy McClure because like his voice on The Simpsons is just so iconic to me, man. Yeah, and there was a period in The Simpsons where he showed up a lot, not just as his two characters, but like other characters. So there was a period there where he was on the show mm-hmm. a lot. So he is he is missed on The Simpsons, definitely. All right. Really. Uh, did, did he do another voice? Because there was another character I heard on this yes. episode that sounded like him. Okay. Oh, on, the, oh, on this episode? I'm not sure. I'm I, not I think sure. he was the, the dog when they were at the museum. Oh, possibly. possibly. Yeah, I, I think that was him. Okay. It doesn't sound a lot like Jim. It could have been Bell. Mm-hmm. But it could have been. It could have been. It could have been Hart- Hartman. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, okay. Where are we at now? Are we are we into the plot? We are ready to start talking about the plot. All right. Let's go ahead and get to it. We got Darkwing. He's at the tower and he wants to tell us a story. And yes. Goss wants to hear the story before she goes to bed. Yes. This episode does something no other Disney show does. It doesn't start with an episode title mm-hmm. at all. You don't you don't see a thing. Um, so yes, Goslin wants a story. What is Darkwing's initial story? What does he start with? Oh, come on. You know, it's about his ego, man. The triumph and <laughs> yeah. triumph of Darkwing Duck. <laughs> I want to relax, not go comatose. <laughs> <laughs> so Goslin recommends, and this is really clever, because as Darkwing says the triumph and triumph, the title appears on the screen. Mm-hmm. But then Goslin says she wants to hear the haunting of Mr. Banana Brain. And what I love about it is the way the word banana brain types itself letter by letter on the screen. Really, really clever. Um, how does Darkwing feel about that story? Uh, he's not feeling it one bit. And LP's scared. He don't want to hear it. <laughs> LP is terrified. <laughs> All right. So then uh, we get it. Then we get our jump scene, right? We go yes. into the museum. We start our story. Okay. So we got Goss and LP. They're in the museum. They're just looking around. Um Goss is upset. Quackerjack is shows up, you know? Yeah. She's not filling the museum too much. And he shows up. He, I think he was stealing toys from the museum. That kind of was weird to me. Yeah, Goslin's mad because um, apparently Drake had promised to take her to the Whirling Water World, but she says he copped out and took her to the museum. Mm-hmm. And then Drake is like, you know, you should be happy. You love toys. And don't touch them. You might break them. I have to worry about Quackerjack stealing them. And yeah, then Quackerjack shows up and starts stealing the toys. I thought that was weird, though. Why was he stealing toys from a museum? Was it a toy museum or something? It was a toy museum, yeah. Okay. I I love what Quackerjack does when Drake mentions him. Quackerjack looks at the camera and wiggles his eyebrows. Yeah. Like, hey, kids, <laughs> it's me, Quackerjack. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got Quackerjack. He's stealing. And then Goss, she takes one of those, uh, those buzzers. They, they gave it a name. I can't remember the name of it, though. Not sure. Launchpad notices it's like a vintage model, and mm-hmm. Goss is like, "Yeah, this is great," and she grabs it. Yeah, and she who she goes to poke with it. She hits Drake right in the butt. Yeah, and he goes flying high to the ceiling fan. Yep, and then flies off of that into a giant, like six foot tall baby doll. Yep, and then we hear, we finally hear Hartman's voice, but we don't quite see him yet, Mike. No, there's a Jack in the Box. Goslin had seen it earlier, chained mm-hmm. up on a pedestal for some reason. And whoever is in this jack-in-the-box is watching the fun and is really enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Ooh, tasty. Uh, yeah, and the voice, this voice, you know it's Hartman, like, yeah. right away. And um, 
I also love the episode has a kind of a spooky vibe to it as mm-hmm. Goslin narrates her voice is all echoey and you know this is gonna go like in a really spooky direction and I just love it it's really really well done um so yeah the t- keep keep going well what's going on now yeah, we get Goslin, and you know she's she wants to get Drake down by turning on the fan, and he yes. goes flying around. That's when he lands on the doll, right? Right, right. Okay, yeah. And Cracker Jack over here, Goslin wanting to play video games, and right. we know Cracker Jack's history with video games. Oh <laughs> yes, he says that's the kind of talk that drove me out of the toy business and into the loony bin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he well, throws off the trench coat he was wearing. Mm-hmm. What does he say? It's playtime. You know what? I think this might be the last time he says it. No, don't say that, Mike. <laughs> he doesn't have any solo episodes after this. No. And I don't think he says it in Jailbird, so this might be the last time he ever says it. Yeah. I know. It's been it's been fun counting those down. Oh, don't do me like that. You know he's know. my baby. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to say it. Alright, so what um, does Cracker Jack do do during playtime? Well, they start fighting. And Goslin is bored with the fight and starts telling the story super fast. And the animation goes at like two times the speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when D- Darkwing tells her to slow down, she goes in slow motion <laughs> just as he gets bitten by the toy teeth. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Quackerjack takes the nutty putty again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the third time he's used it. Um, have you ever played with Silly Putty? No, I haven't, uh, but it's kind of like slime and stuff, ain't it? Well, Silly Putty had, what you could do with it is you could press it on a newspaper, and mm-hmm. when you peeled it off, the newspaper print came off. Ah, so that's what explains why his face came off. Yes, because it hits Darkwing in the face, and when Goslin peels it off his face, it takes its face with it, his face. But um, also, when Darkwing finally appears for the fight... Uh, Goslin goes, yeah, yeah, Dad did his Darkwing stuff. I am the yo-yo that keeps coming, keeps coming back. back. <laughs> yeah, that's as close as we get to an entrance line in this one. Yeah, and what's funny is like you mentioned her telling the narrating the story, uh, like with a with a scary voice. But LP is like he is shook every time she's telling the narrating the story. Yeah, he can't deal with the story. Yeah. He's like, you're not gonna stop, are you? <laughs> All right, and then we finally get Paddywhack. He's released, but we still don't see him yet. He's just a shadow. Yeah, the Jack in the Box ended up in Quacker Jack's bag, and he leaves with it, and he takes it back to his hideout. It's like in a, in a building or in like a large skyscraper. And yeah, as Quacker Jack's just hanging out, talking about his toys, uh, Paddywhack comes out of his Jack in the Box, and you're right, Will. You only see his shadow, but what we do see is creepy enough. Oh, yeah, it's definitely creepy enough, and... He possesses an iconic lackey, man. Yep, he jumps into Banana Brain's body, and Banana Brain comes to life. Yeah. Okay, interesting stuff about Quackerjack in this episode. We get a really interesting peek into his mental, into his, you know, into his mental state. Because when Banana Brain comes to life, Quackerjack doesn't seem bothered by it. Not at all. He's loving it. He's just <laughs> like, your voice is different. And that's it. Like, does Quacker Jack think Banana Brain's alive? Like, all the time? He must have, you know? Because <laughs> he loved his new voice, and he was feeling him. 
Yeah, he does, it doesn't bother him at all. He's like into it. He's like, let's go have fun. Let's play Demolition Derby on our neighbor's new car. Like <laughs> Quackerjack is like really into this, having a having a real playmate to play with. Real quick though, Mike, did you notice that that doll that Quackerjack had for the girls was kind of like a little Barbie looking, and then it turned into like something scary? Yeah, it'll make little girls scream in the light, <laughs> of, in the light of course. <laughs> Quackerjack uh, really thinks kids like his toys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, then Paddywhack as Banana Brain, he suggests they go somewhere. Where does he suggest they go? They go to an arcade, mm-hmm. um, which I'm almost positive this arcade is based on Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Uh, because there's a, there's a giant rat head on the wall, and a lot of the kids are eating pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really go to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, did you? Well, for me, when I was a kid, it wasn't called Chuck E. Cheese. It was called Showbiz. Yes, I remember Showbiz Pizza. They all eventually became Chuck E. Cheese's. Yeah. But um, I didn't really go very much, but I do remember Chuck E. Cheese. I'm pretty sure this is exactly what this is. Yeah. What's weird is, though, man, Mike, I used to love the pizza from Showbiz when I was a kid. But when I go there now, take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese, I'm like, man, this pizza is disgusting, man. Yeah, the pizza's, gar- <laughs> the pizza's garbage. And I should know. I, I live in New York. <laughs> oh yeah, New York is New York pizza is the New York yeah. pizza is the best. Sorry, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. You know, people live in Chicago. New York pizza is the best. That's it. <laughs> I will not. I will not even entertain the idea that it's not. Um. Anyway, Patty Whack decides to cause some trouble by pulling pranks on people, uh, hitting them with food, um, just making everybody miserable. He what feeds on up? misery, basically. What goes yeah, up must cause frowns. Yeah, he's feeding on misery. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he did something with a hot dog, too. He turned them into dogs or something, right? <laughs> yeah, he makes them all go after the um, – it's the same fat pig from the Time and Punishment who mm-hmm. was eating the hamburger hippo. It's the same guy, and he scares them off by making the hot dogs come to life. Yeah, and Quacker Jack is loving the new banana brain. He is loving this. but This goony can... <laughs> doll is even wackier than me. Yeah. <laughs> But then Quacker Jack also gets a little jealous, though, because he wants them, He wants in on this fun, too. Well, you know, uh, Paddy Whack gives him his chance. By the way, he hasn't named himself yet. He actually hasn't called himself Paddy Whack. We're just doing this to make it easier. But at yeah. this point in the episode, he hasn't actually given out his name. Yeah, he's still in Banana Brain, too. Yeah. So, yeah, Drake, Launchpad, and Goslin show up. Mm-hmm. And by the time they get there, a whole food fight is broken out. Oh, yeah, you know Goss is going to go in for that. <laughs> yeah. Drake doesn't want to get involved until he gets hit with a pie. So he comes back as Darkwing. Yep. And then uh, when he comes back as Darkwing, you know, he he's really shocked to see Quackerjack is even there. Quackerjack goes, you are expecting the gulping gourmet. Uh, <laughs> Michael, Michael Bell doing um, Groucho Marx. Yeah, you know what? We haven't really talked about Bell, but... I love Bell's voice on this episode. Like he's oh, yeah, killing the Quacker Jack, man. He's killing the laugh. He's killing the laugh when he jumped off earlier in the museum with the with the pogo stick. See he, on the yeah. playground. <laughs> you know what? Quacker Jack's voice has come a long way. If you mm-hmm. go back to Wiffle while you work and watch him here, he's definitely refined this voice. Which oh, yeah. makes me, which makes me sad that we got like twenty some odd episodes left to go, and this is his last solo appearance. I'm I was always so unhappy about that. Oh, I appreciate that, Mike, man. Appreciate well, just wait, just wait till we get to ABC season two. You'll you'll hear me vent about it for sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so Darkwing decides to ruin everyone's fun by hitting all the kids with a hose. 
Did you get the, did you see that cute shot where Banana Brain pulls on his like banana peel and Quacker Jack's in the background pulling on his jester hat? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so um Gosling and Launchpad see Paddywhack's shadow come out of Banana Brain for a second. Mm-hmm. And he jabs Darkwing with the buzzer again and gives it to Goslin and basically pins it, pins everything on her. Oh, yeah. But Launchpad is still scared of this story. He's still like, he's not feeling it one bit. Yeah, well, we cut back <laughs> to the bridge where they're having the story. And Launchpad's like, can we just turn on some lights if you're going to finish the story? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we get Quacker Jack. He explains how DW always ruined things to Banana Brain. I, I love that that's how Quacker Jack sees it. Mm-hmm. That this is literally all just a game, and he knows the game will always end with Darkwing Duck ruining things. He says, you know Darkwing Duck always ruins things. It's no big deal. It's just part of the game. Yeah. I love I love that point of view from Quacker Jack. It's like fun. You know, it's fun for him. Yep. And uh, Paddywhack inside of Banana Brain is upset. He's like, don't call me Banana Brain anymore, you know? And he's really mad because he feeds on misery and Darkwing Duck ruined his meal. Mm-hmm. So he finally comes out of Banana Brain, and he's now Paddywhack officially. Yep, because uh, Quacker Jack says, you know, no doll's going to boss me around. Yeah. So Paddywhack comes out and says, well, then, n- maybe now you can be the doll. And that's how the, that's how the uh, act, that's how act one ends with him laughing. And do me and do us, do our listeners a favor if they haven't seen the episode. I mean, if you haven't, what are you waiting for? Watch it. Describe Paddywhack well. Oh, to me, he looks like uh, the clown from It. Pennywise. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, he's half of him is black, half of him is white. He's got these long, spidery arms and legs, tiny, like demented eyes, and a big beak full of sharp fangs. Mm-hmm. And he and he drools. And Quacker Jack's like, very nice drool though. <laughs> you know, you know, we don't see him until the 13 minute mark where we finally see him, not his shadow. You know, and 13 that's minutes. That's about half, that's halfway through the episode. More mm-hmm. than halfway through the episode. Yep. And um, so he comes out of Banana Brain and decides to suck up Quacker Jack into the Jack in the Box. Yeah, so Banana well, Brain goes in there first. Yes. And then uh, all of Quacker Jack clothes gets ripped off. This is the first time we ever, oh, the only time. Only time. We ever see Quacker Jack not in his his normal uniform. <laughs> yeah, his, his jester hat gets ripped off, and he just has, like, a bald head. Yeah, his head looks so funny-shaped, too, man. <laughs> I feel like nobody nobody wanted to bother coming up with an actual hatless Quacker Jack design. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, oh, forget it. We'll just give him a bald head. Because <laughs> it's seen for a split second. You don't really get a good look at it. Yeah. But down below, Darkwing, Launchpad, and Goslin are on the rat catcher, and they hear Quacker Jack's – they hear him scream. Mm-hmm. The staging of this scene is really cool. Darkwing, you know, he brings a brings a rat catcher up to the roof, and only Launchpad. He looks from the side of the sidecar and just catches a glimpse of Quacker Jack being pulled into the um, Jack in the box, like dragging his fingers across the roof. Like it's it's kind of creepy. And mm-hmm. Launchpad freaks out. He's like, yeah. "This thing ain't Quacker Jack." <laughs> But you know, Darkwing's still blaming Goslin though. He's still yeah. blaming her. Darkwing gets a great scene here. Um, it's like one of those things he doesn't usually do, and I love it. Darkwing's like, when we once I tell him to make Quacker Jack, Darkwing puts his arm in the jack in the box and then starts to scream. And when Launchpad <laughs> runs over, Darkwing goes, Launchpad, get a grip. It's just a toy. 
<laughs> really, really great. Um, so yeah, they take they take the Jack in the Box back to the hideout, mm-hmm. so they can bring it back to the museum in the morning. Yeah, and then uh, Goslin she she decides to throw the Jack in the Box into the vault, but it's right there on the table it, when they come back to it. Yeah, it reappears right behind Launchpad. <laughs> but by now, Paddywhack has come out of the box and is trying to scare Darkwing. Yeah, he starts blowing on him and freezes his beak and stuff. Yes, because Darkwing's sitting up on the, the high console trying to figure out what Quackerjack's doing. Um, and then blows on his beak and freezes his beak and then tries to scare him from the monitor. Mm-hmm. And Darkwing looks at the camera and goes, oh, no, I am so scared. <laughs> he still thinks it's Goslin, right, at this point, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, he still <laughs> thinks it's Goslin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. At this point, Paddywhack has Darkwing's chair floating in the air, and Darkwing's like, I don't know how she's doing this, but mm-hmm. I know she's doing it. Um, and then Quackerjack throws him off of the uh, the platform, knocks him on the ground. Did I say Quackerjack? I meant Paddywhack. Yeah, yeah Paddywhack. Paddywhack. <laughs> and then Darkwing's like, Goslin, about your practical jokes. And Goslin's like, Dad, I didn't do it. And Darkwing looks up, and you see his eyes go wide, and he goes... I think I'm ready to believe you. Yeah. And they turn around, and what do they see? They see Paddywhack. Will you play with me? <laughs> and another great act break, because it just it, it gets dark except for his red eyes. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really great. Like, both act breaks on, with Paddywhack are really, really cool. Like, he's such a great design. I love him. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when we come back from commercial, it's, mm-hmm. it's them telling the story. Launchpad is so scared he must have had a heart attack because darkwing <laughs> has his arm you know he's doing his blood pressure and he goes okay he's stabilized you can keep going <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then darkwing thinks it's quackerjack who sent uh paddywhack nope he goes quackerjack was just a minor player mm-hmm. and he says you know certainly not in our league and he's referring <laughs> to goslin and you know he's like you know you're you know you pranks mischief he's like you you know you goslin you woke me up with that joy buzzer Oh, yeah. Darkwing looks at her like, I knew it. <laughs> he doesn't say it, but he gives her that look like, I knew it was you this whole time. <laughs> but at this point, there's no there's no time for him to get mad at Goslin. You see, he's actually holding her tight. Mm-hmm. Like, she's scared because this guy is, you don't know what this guy's going to do. He's creepy. Yeah, but like, Paddywhack screws up here, though. He tells him his whole plot. He tells him that he feeds off human misery. Oh, says Darkwing. Is that how mm. you stay so thin? <laughs> and then a, a great thing with Paddywhack, he gets really mad and his head inflates like a balloon and explodes. Mm-hmm. And Darkwing goes, okay, Mr. Inflato Brain. Yeah, and Darkwing tries to fight him. He, he does a kick or something, doesn't he? Yeah, and he breaks into like a million little pieces and then puts himself back together. <laughs> like, Paddywhack is being nice and friendly to an extent, but he's still so creepy that you're still, like, bothered by him, you know? Yeah. And he's like, you know what? If that's what your attitude, I'll just leave. But I'm not going to invite you to the party. Mm-hmm. Who is invited to the party? Oh, Darkwing. No, no, no. He was trying to get Goslin. Yeah, he says Quackerjack, the, the, the delightful Banana Brain fellow, mm-hmm. and Goslin. Yeah. So he tries to suck Goslin into the Jack in the Box. Yeah, it doesn't work, though. Darkwing switches places uh, with her. He, say he goes he, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a fool to finish, he says. Yeah. So he ends when, up in the Jack in the Box. Yeah, when Darkwing appears, though, he's not in his usual Darkwing outfit. 
No, he's a clown. <laughs> he keeps trying to rip the outfit off, but every time he does, he's still wearing a clown outfit. Yeah. It kind of looks like a circus in inside of the Jack in the Box. A, lo- a very demented circus. Yeah. And then we see then we see Quacker Jack. We haven't seen him for a while. What's Quacker Jack wearing? He's wearing a suit. <laughs> yeah, and even a little like brown toupee under the under the hat. He has a he has a um a briefcase and everything. Even mm. Banana Brain has a suit on. Yeah. And Quacker Jack offers to team up with with Darkwing. Team up with you? Ha! That's a laugh. Yeah. And then but some, Darkwing agrees to it right away though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um. <laughs> Quacker Jack says, if I stay in here, I'll go crazy. Darkwing goes, go. <laughs> <laughs> so they do. They just, Darkwing says, let's get ridiculous. Yeah. So they decide to torment Paddywhack now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they kind of like, they're, they're teamed up, they're laughing it off, and they're pranking each other. And then and, they start, yep. Yeah, then they start pranking uh, Paddywhack. They drop a piano on him. They hit him with a giant boxing glove. They run him over with a truck. With a train. Oh, was it um, a truck? I thought it was a yeah. train. Well, it says, um, Darkwing says, did you get the number of that truck? And oh, Quacker Jack okay. goes, no, but I got the truck. Waka waka. <laughs> uh, so Quacker Jack does Fozzie Bear. Waka waka. And Quacker Jack also um, lisps like Daffy Duck. Yeah. So Quacker Jack's doing all the, uh, the, all the impressions. He says, yeah. It lets me truly express myself. And then, it, <laughs> then he goes waka waka. <laughs> yeah, and then Paddywhack starts to shrink though. Yeah, because they're they're depriving him of uh, pranks. They're mm-hmm. starving him. Yeah, he begins. Yeah, he even mentions that he he's beginning to starve. And then uh, Banana Brain goes, "Is this when we show him love and kindness, and he promises to mend his evil ways?" And they go, <laughs> mm, "Nah." And they zap him with a joy buzzer, and he he lands on a whoopee cushion. Yeah, and it made the farting sound too. <laughs> and they go, "Ooh, goodness!" <laughs> yeah, Paddywhack says he doesn't want to play anymore, Mike. He's he done. can dish it. He can dish it out, but he can't take it. Yeah, he he's done. He's had enough. <laughs> Great animation when he finally loses it and tells him to go home. The entire screen shatters. Yeah. Really great. And Darkwing and Quackerjack is thrown out of the Jack in the Box. And you know what's really weird? Quacker Jack gets thrown out of the Jack in the Box, but you don't see him after that. Yeah, we like, don't see him after that, yeah. Nothing happens. He he doesn't talk. You don't see him at all. You have no idea, like, what happens to him. Or Banana Brain. Yeah, like, they don't show he, neither one of them. Yeah. Does he go to jail? Does Darkwing let him go? Because he didn't really do anything wrong. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, what happens after that? Like, he just gets thrown out, and that's it. Yeah. Um, what do they decide to do with the Jack in the Box? They decide to drop it uh, at the bottom of the bridge in the river. And a fish eats it. Mm-hmm. And then so, LP's exci- excited. The story has a happy ending. It's over. Yeah, because <laughs> all Darkwing stories have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the trio, we hear Paddywhack's voice, and they go yep. running over to the ledge of the bridge. And you see the fish. It has it has uh, Paddywhack's face. Yep. And it goes, yes, yes, and dies <laughs> in the water. And then you just see them all looking at each other like, oh, no. <laughs> Launchpad looks terrified. A great Launchpad drawing to end the episode. He is freaked out. Yeah. Um, but we uh, never do see him again in the show. No. We we get him again in the comics. We and we got him in the 2017 Darkwing re- uh, Duck, DuckTales reboot. DuckTales, yeah, we do yeah. get him again. You know what's kind of cool? They did bring him back for that. I will yeah. I will give them that. They brought him back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, we, we we went through our plot pretty quickly because, you know, the interview took up some time and I want to give you a chance, Will, to rate mm-hmm. the episode and talk about it a little bit. All right. So, Mike, let's let's get your rating first, because I, I, everybody knows what my rating is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to disappoint you. I can't give it a five. No! Um, because I feel a couple of things could have been even better. I think the animation could have been a little bit better. It's good, but it could have been better. And I feel like they could have done so much with Paddywhack, but by making us wait like half an episode for him, yeah, 13 I minutes. feel like he shows up in, on the bridge with them, mm-hmm. and then the episode's almost over. Because mm-hmm. the, the opening, they waste a lot of time in the museum at the beginning of the episode. Um, so it's a little imbalanced, but I'll still be super, super, super generous because this is a great episode. I'll still give it a four and a half. All right, Mike. Yeah. You know I reserve fives for very <laughs> special episodes. All right. This is, this is my favorite episode, and I just love this one. From There's nothing I don't like about this one. Animation, voice acting. I'm giving it an affinity. I'm not even giving it a five. Infinity. <laughs> Before you go on, when did you first see it? Oh, I didn't see it into a Toon Disney, man. So did you love it from, like, first sight? Oh, first sight. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, man. Go yeah. on. You, I think you okay. have time. Go on. Okay, okay. well, you know, there's several reasons why I love this episode. You know, we get Banana Brain. I, I know it's Paddywhack, but to me as a Quacker Jack fan, you get that, that whole, like, kind of, like, Five to six minutes where even though it's Paddywhack possessing Banana Brain, it's I still see Banana Brain. And it's for me, it's exciting as a Quacker Jack fan to see Banana Brain like kind of dominate and have his own role for a little while. And Quacker Jack is just sitting back there loving it. To me, even though Quacker Jack's in this episode, he still kind of takes the backseat to Banana Brain and Paddywhack, in my opinion. Yes. You know, he really this, does. This is the episode that made Banana Brain iconic. Mm-hmm. This and is then, the one. And then, you know, we got Darkwing at the beginning with his ego, as always, hyping up this episode. But then it kind of slowly drifts, and Goslin takes over the episode. So we're hearing something from Goslin's point of view for a change. Yeah, and Dark I love Wing, that. Darkwing doesn't narrate any of the episode. Yeah, it's, not it's at all. all Goslin and Launchpad. He never puts his two cents in, ever, during the narration. Yeah, and then, you know, Launchpad, he, I love how he just shook the whole episode. He is scared. Oh, uh, man, I'm telling you, that whole... To me, it's laughter because we even barely even see Launchpad, and he he doesn't have that much dialogue in this episode. But to me, just hearing him throughout the episode, and then Mike, come on, Phil Hartman as Paddywhack. That was a stroke of genius. Yes. <laughs> what I was gonna say about Launchpad's part of the narration, mm-hmm. having Launchpad be scared is a really big contributor to the mood of this episode. Mm-hmm. It's spooky, but the fact that Launchpad is truly terrified, it kind of makes you wonder where this episode's gonna go. If Launchpad wasn't so scared, you, it wouldn't be as interesting an episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that even Darkwing's like, that wasn't one of my favorite favorite cases. It's like, do we need this to give the episode such a great feeling of mood? That's why it works so well. Yeah, man. And, you know, like I was saying with, with the Phil Hartman thing, though, like I already yeah. knew who he was on The Simpsons. I, I'll be honest with you. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, I know that voice somewhere. At that time, 
there, there was really no internet, so I couldn't pull up my yeah. phone or something like that. You know, the, I, I did have the internet back then. No, not what year this episode? Nineteen ninety-two. No, so I did not have the internet. No, I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't have the internet till like ninety-seven, ninety-eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I knew Hartman from season two when he started on The Simpsons. You know. Okay. Hi, I'm actor Troy McClure. You might remember me from such films as blah blah blah. You know, that was Phil Hartman. Yeah. He was great. Mike, man, I'm not going to lie. After I saw this episode for the first time, I instantly fell in love with it. I didn't see it again for years, man. It really hurt me that I couldn't, couldn't find it anywhere. Like, it well, just would not come on due to, or at least I didn't catch it on 2 Disney when they started rerunning it off. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, luckily, now it's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it, make it, did it make it to DVD? But at least now it's easy to see. Yeah. And you actually stole my uh, animation scene, I was going to say, with the, with the shattering. At the end? Oh, the screen exploding. Yeah. Oh, that was going to be my spoiler. <laughs> you know, Han Ho Wang up, usually we would rag on them a little bit, but they did a good job in this one. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I'm going to mention about the episode, man, uh, the Jack in the Box. I love that Dev hit how important the Jack in the Box was. And the first time uh, we really saw Darkwing on uh, DuckTales, was it the first time or the second time? But remember when the, the episode with Cracker Jack, the whole episode started. Yes, that was with the, the first time. Yeah, we the first thing you see is the Jack in the Box. And you hear that song, the the Pop Goes the Weasel. So, oh my God, when I saw that on the new DuckTales, I just went bananas, you know? I'm going to make an assumption that this episode is one of Frank Angonis' favorites, considering how many times you referenced it. <laughs> oh yeah that is true because remember in the episode where you see paddywhack mrs beakley's confused about how the whole paddywhack banana brain work thing worked yep. in the episode and launchpad's like you're you get you're getting confused in the lore <laughs> <laughs> yeah because she was asking and she was like wait so let me get it banana brain oh is possessed by paddywhack and Something with Cracker Jack. She was like kind of all confused about it, and he was yeah, trying to explain it. Yeah, Launchpad's like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I definitely, man. This is just, this is a, just a top tier episode. This is number one for me, man. Easily for me. Good. Easily. All right. Good. So now we got to rate a villain, man. We definitely, yeah, we are running out of these villains to rate, but we definitely have a good one here. Yep. So you go ahead first, Mike. Okay, I debated whether I should just go full five on him. Uh -huh. Because the the combo of the design and Phil Hartman really yeah. helped a lot. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give him a full I'm just gonna give him a straight out five. I think yes. if you would ask if you would ask people who is the who is like the best one shot bad guy, mm -hmm. this guy and Mega Nega Duck come up a lot. They do. We haven't but, gotten the Mega Nega Duck yet. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the two of them come up a lot. I think that the those two and the Steerminator are like the best one-shot villain designs because all three of them are just so cool. Yeah. And again, Phil Hartman, like I got to give it a five just because I miss the guy. I think he was amazing. And I have to just give Patty Wack a full five. Yeah, same here, man. I'm not even going to debate you. you. You said everything I wanted to say. Well, every time we talk about one-shot villains, Patty Whack name always comes up with everybody, you know? Remember that great drawing Tad Stones did of Negaduck and Quackerjack in the sewer mm -hmm. with Patty Whack as basically as Pennywise, and they're yeah. both terrified of him? Mm -hmm. But even Tad, <laughs> even Tad Stone knows how how great Patty Whack is. So did Dev create Patty Whack? Well, she wrote the episode. Yeah, so she created him, huh? Yeah. Okay, but she I mean, she has she has more pride in Morgana though. 
Well, more yeah. Well, she was on, she was an ongoing character, so of yeah. course. Okay. Uh, but I you know Tad might have had something to do with his creation as story editor. He probably worked pretty closely with Dev, so they they might have come up with it together. Okay. All right. So that's the triumphant triumph of Darkwing Duck, aka the Haunting of Mr. Banana Brain, my favorite episode. It just I'm sad we we're not gonna get to talk about this episode again, Mike. It's we're my not baby. gonna have. Yeah, we're not going to be talking about Quacker Jack much at all after this. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, this is the last one with Banana Brain. He is an angelbird. Yeah. So that's it with him. Yeah. Why well, you, yeah. well, you got to keep reminding me, man? You suck. Because it's, <laughs> it's better to remind you now than to realize later that you haven't seen him. <laughs> you know what, Mike? After we finish this podcast, man, uh, I, I shouldn't be wasting our time on this, but uh, I think maybe you should review some of the comics, man. Like, get into some of the stories we could that's a good yeah. idea that's okay. a good idea all right um, so th- let's wrap this episode up mike unless you got something to say real quick no let's just talk with well, the next episode i was going to say which one okay. which one that one was which um is? We're, t- we're taking a bit of a nose dive um the last two have been really good episodes um we're talking about next next week slime okay you're okay um a bushroot episode mm-hmm. i feel like it's been a while since bushroot yeah, got, some interest, got some interesting stuff in it, but it's one of those episodes I like less as I get older. Um, it's a very uncomfortable episode. I'll explain why next week. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts? Before? One of those episodes, I, I, I always thought it was decent. It's just the fact that it's behind Binky's brain and Honey Banana Brain, it kind of hurts it, you know? Yeah. We'll it talk really about hurts. it all next week. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, where can they listen to us, man, for the first time uh, checking us out? All right. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, if you want to watch us on YouTube, um, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and also your Alexa will play the episode for you. If they ask it to play the St. Canard Files, it'll play the most recent episode. Mm-hmm. I think that's all of them. Will, do you have any shout outs? Uh, Dev Ross and Phil Hartman. Those are my yep. shout outs. You know, you know what's great. You know, it's we we we've been dying to get this episode out because we recorded with Dev. Was it over the summer? Man, it was a long time ago, man. <laughs> and we've been we've been sitting on this part of the interview for months. Yep. And so yes, Dev, I hope you're listening. Um, but thank you so much. You wrote a great one, and of oh, yeah. course, rest in peace to the great Phil Hartman. Yeah, rest in peace, Phil. All right, guys, so that's it for uh, The Haunting of Mr. Banana Brain, Mike. No. Oh, man. Thank you guys for checking us out, and remember to stay dangerous. Have a good night, Inflato Brains. (laughs) Huh? What? Ooh, yes, yes.